Welcome, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series, Fix Your Thoughts. In the series, we're examining our thought life through the eyes of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, where we read Paul's words, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, if you were with us the first week, we examined the context of where this passage comes from. It came from a time when there was a relational conflict going on in the church between what appears to be two women who were Paul's really go-to people. They were his right and women, I guess. And so they were, they were at odds. Something happened. Somebody said something. Somebody didn't do something. Whatever it was, there was a relational conflict. And Paul, from prison, after being put there from people who were proclaiming the message of Jesus along with him and were making it difficult for him, he's writing in a place of his own conflict to a people of conflict. And he's saying, we need to get back and do what's right. We need to Focus or refocus on our thoughts and what are they on? And then he writes to them this wonderful passage of how no matter what you're going through, whether it's a relational conflict or in prison or have what appear to be good people against you, you can have an abundant life. And I just felt like this passage spoke so perfectly to the place where we as a culture, really, at least in the Western culture, that finds ourselves in right now. Where it seems like we've had such a, a long season of, of conflict and people against, against each other and nobody really knowing who to believe or what to trust anymore. And we're kind of getting into this pattern of... Ugh. I mean, I don't really know how else to say it, but it's just like, ugh. Like, all of the hope is gone. All of the joy is gone. As I read Jesus' own words to, to his people, that we are to have abundance in our life. Now, Jesus, fully well known, I mean, he said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have troubles or tribulations or difficulties, but we are to take heart. He's overcome the world. And so no matter what we go through, he's called us to take heart, to have hope. We have been called to have an abundant life. And so in the middle of our conflict, in the middle of our difficulties, no matter what we face, we need to stop fixing our thoughts on those things, the difficulties that we're facing, and instead we are to fix our thoughts on this. Last week we talked about what is true. We are to fix our thoughts on what is true. Now, we talked a lot about last week about what is truth. Like, we live in a world where truth is questioned constantly, and everybody thinks to be an expert at something, and nobody trusts anybody as an expert on anything. And so we base our own truth about life and in our world around us off of what we think. And then we line up experts to follow our thoughts. And that's not 
the biblical answer to what is truth. All truth is God's truth, and ultimately, all truth is God's word. And what he says, that is truth. And all truth comes from that. Now, of course, God's word doesn't speak to things like trigonometry or mathematics of any kind in in most senses, or in the specs in your vehicle, or how to put an arm back together if you blew it out, right? Like, there are certain things that it doesn't necessarily speak to, but what it does speak on, it is the source of truth, period. Now, sometimes we need science or math to kind of understand some parts of theology or God's word, and it enlightens us. But the more we understand those fields and and really get to the truths that are in there, the more it lines up with God's word. It's so beautiful. And so that was last week. We talked a lot about what is truth. And now this week, we're going to examine how we can fix our thoughts on what is good. Now, obviously, we just read the passage. And that is nowhere in, the, in, in that passage in Philippians 4.8. In Philippians 4.8, there are five distinctions that Paul makes in it that if you summarize everything, you could say, what is good? And so we're going to go through those five distinctions today, just briefly, like extremely briefly, just a quick synopsis of them. And we're going to boil it down to what is good good and try to understand like what is it that we can fix our thoughts on that are honorable admirable right pure excellent so let's dig into these past these words now as we try to understand what is good so the first two that paul makes and i'm going to kind of put two together because they're so so similar now all of these again kind of you could summarize as focus your thoughts on what is good the first two are very very close and that is fix our thoughts on what is honorable and admirable two very similar things another way of stating these two words or synonyms for these words are things that are of high standard and of great respect no, immediately when my mind goes to something like that, I think of like a corporate guy, you know, like a, a corporal maybe in, in an army or somebody of high stature, like a prince or a king, like somebody of high stature that is in charge of things. And that is true. However, what Paul is really getting at in this passage isn't so much of a stature or ranking as far as fix our thoughts on those high and lofty, lofty, respectable kind of people, but more on a kind of characteristic behind those people. What truly makes a person honorable? What truly makes a person respectful and admirable? As a person of humility, of a person who is self-sacrificing, self-denying, Selfless or humble. This is what Paul is getting at earlier in Philippians 2, 3, when, again, he's writing from jail and he's, and he's displaying the glory of Jesus. And he stated, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Now, he's pointing to Jesus in this passage, and he's saying he is of the most respect and admiration. Jesus was truly the most humble person. And when we fix our thoughts on what is admirable or what is honorable or respectful, this is a person or a thing that is truly putting others before themselves. It's what Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, where he's, he, he kind of summarizes it all and says, love God and love others as yourself. Now, C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, humility isn't thinking of yourself less. <laughs> like, it's not thinking of yourself in a, a hum, like, a, like an absolute despising way, but more like not worshiping yourself. Not focused on your needs and what you want. It's putting other needs, others' needs, alongside of yourself and thinking about others and how you can lift them up. And so what does a selfless thought life look like for you? Now, I want to tell you this at the get-go. Fixing our thoughts on what is good doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean that you're going to hit it out of the park every time. It's the heart that matters. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And so those are the first two, uh, fixing your thoughts on what is good, admirable and honorable. The second one is right. Fix your thoughts on what is right. Now, <laughs> when you say that, it's like, well, I'm right. And somebody's like, no, I'm right. Like, again, it goes back to kind of that truth statement that we talked about last week. And that's what we kind of think about immediately. But again, this passage isn't quite getting at that. What Paul is really saying is it's fixing your thoughts on what is equitable or holy or just. Equitable and just. Now, when you rewind and you go back to the Old Testament, the old part of the Bible that was written before Jesus came, we read of the Israelites. And God sent tons of people kind of to, to get them right. We call them prophets. They were sent by God to kind of call out to the nation of Israel and say, you're, you're off base. You're not just with God. You're not doing things that are right or equitable. We get tons of these examples. And I just was wanting to give you one example today. I don't want to exhaust it, but there are so many. Uh, the one that I came across that I thought nailed it out of the park was Isaiah 117, where God calls out, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. So again, what does that look like in our thought life, right? If we are to fix our thoughts on what is right, we are kind of similar to what we just talked about we're trying to see what is, what is just for all. Again, it's taking ourselves off of the throne and saying, where, where is the world around me at? And how, how are we caring for others? Is there people who aren't being taken care of? How can I be of benefit? And I want to tell you, man, this... <laughs> 
This doesn't seem like it's, it, it would, I don't know, lead to an abundant life or lead you to a joyous life. Like when you're thinking about others and, and you're taking yourself off the throne and you're, you're putting yourself off to the side. Again, not beating yourself up or, or taking advantage of yourself in a sense. But when we lift others up, it doesn't seem like it would lead to a, a life of abundance, a life of joy, a life of, of fullness. But let me tell you, when I was a young kid, and I was just full of anger and self-pity, and I, you just name it, I was full of just, ugh. I had poor self-image. I could care less about other people. But my mom would always take me to the nursing home. And I'll never forget, we lived approximately 35 minutes away from the nursing home. And that whole ride there, 6 in the morning, I was absolutely in like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go with my mom. This is stupid. And she's just saving daycare money. And that's really all it amounts to. She doesn't want to leave me home alone. She doesn't want to pay the daycare. So she's taking me with. And then I get paid. Not I don't get paid, but I get, I get a free lunch out of the deal, right? So I'm going to be there for eight hours. I'm just like, oh, to a nursing home. Like stinky, cranky old people. And I have such a bad attitude going into it. And I just always carried this hatred toward my parents, my sibling, uh, to other people. And let me tell you, when I was at that nursing home, it didn't take long before I felt good. I felt joy. I was putting other people's needs above myself. And pretty soon, I, it didn't matter what my brother got or didn't get. It didn't matter if I was at home or I was working I was so full of joy because I was putting others before myself. And I was becoming selfless. I wasn't thinking about my needs anymore. I was like, these people are full of joy when I help them. It, it brings life to them. They want to see me. Like, it was just mind-blowing. And I'm telling you, we live in such a world that is so focused on self that we've forgotten the joy of putting others first. Because we're so pushed and we don't have time. Everybody's wanting more of us. How about we just simplify our life? Say, I don't need to do everything, but what I am going to do, I'm going to put others first. Radically change your life. So fix your thoughts on what is good. What is honorable? Putting other people's needs before yourself. What is equitable? How How can you right some wrongs in this world and care for others? And then next Paul states to fix our thoughts on what is pure. What is pure or what is innocent or blameless. Now, again, I want to step back just a little bit and say this isn't calling you to a, a life of absolute purity in your thoughts. Like, I know so many people that, that in the past anyway, the legalistic side of this was, you know, you have to be just like perfect. And if you're not, if you're not thinking about everything that's, that's just awesome and godly and and just all in on god and never have a bad thought come in and you're not good enough the holy rollers they once called them and i get it that is a coming from a pure heart but the reality is you and i are surrounded by things in this world that are going to filter into our thoughts and in our own thoughts are going to try to lead us astray we have an enemy And he wants to constantly impact 
our inside, our internal world. But don't beat yourself up because those things are coming at you. Your thoughts are going to get overrun at times, and you won't even catch it sometimes. But that doesn't mean that we can't continuously come before God and say, I want to focus on what is pure, what is blameless, what is innocent. A beautiful, perfect description of this is found in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10, where the writer cries out, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a spirit within me, a right spirit within me. That's the whole heart of this. Fix your thoughts on what is pure. It doesn't mean that impure thoughts will never come into your mind. We live in a broken world. That's reality. We won't have a perfect mind until we get to heaven. But our hearts, our desire, our longing is to continue to press in and say, God, I want to dwell on what is pure. I want to fix my thoughts on what is pure. That's where the game is won right there. The heart's desire. So what can you fix your thoughts on that is pure, that is blameless? And lastly, we are to fix our thoughts on what is excellent. What is excellent or what is virtuous? The second Peter 1.3 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of a marvelous glory and excellence. Now, again, we're not perfect in everything we do, but we've been given that power to be able to perform of excellence like Christ. We are to continually, every day, every year, every, every decade, we are to continue to be sanctified, or in other words, to become more like Christ. Now, sometimes we take steps back. Some days we have bad days, but... By and large, through the trajectory of your life, you will grow towards Christ. And it's a heart, again, going right back to, to the psalm. It's, it's a desire within us to become excellent. And when we dwell or we fix our minds on what is excellent, we are pressing in. And God, help me to focus on those things that are like you. Right? Have you caught a theme in this? If you've been following along, it's it's pretty clear that all of this points directly to God. Just like last week in fixing your thoughts on what is true. God is the ultimate source of truth and he plants truth through the world that he created. Much like that, focusing our thoughts on what is good, God is the ultimate source of good. Exodus 32 verse 4 says it this way, God's deeds are perfect. He is perfect. We're not. But he is perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong how just and upright he is. So he is truth. He is excellence or goodness. And we are to fix our thoughts ultimately on him. But just like truth Goodness can be found in the world around us. Goodness can be found, catch this, in us, 
in you. Goodness can be found around you and through you. Listen to this passage from Ephesians 2.10. Paul states in this passage, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created to do good. Likewise, 1 Peter 2.9 states, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. There is goodness in you and in those around you. Goodness is in this world because we are created in the image of God. We can dwell or fix our thoughts on the goodness that God has planted in people. Not the negative stuff. All that's going to do is take you down the wrong path. And that's what, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He is the, he is the creator of, of darkness. He draws people out of the light into his darkness. And he longs for us to be beat up, broken, distressed. And focusing on the things of the evil that's around us to get us hopeless. But God, he's the creator of light, of goodness. And he's planted it in us. So fix your thoughts on what is good, what is excellent, what is admirable, what is honorable, what is pure, what is right. It's in you. It's in your friends, your family, your coworkers, classmates. And then secondly, God's goodness is around you. Genesis one thirty one said, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very it was very good. And likewise, in James 1.17, we read, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting sad shadow. God's goodness is in and through those around you. God's goodness is around you. So fix your thoughts on what is honorable. What is right? What is pure? What is admirable? What is excellent? Fix your thoughts on those things. Dwell on them. Romans 12, 9 says that we are to hold fast to what is good. We have to press in. We have to be intentional. We have to be driving towards those things because we, let's be real today. We are surrounded right now by things that is constantly are telling us that we're not good enough. We're, we believe in a God that's dead, that's not true, or that's, that's malicious or evil. There was a time when Christianity was viewed as a benevolent, good group of people. And now, because we proclaim that there's only one way to heaven, now we're viewed as very bigoted. And evil. And so we're told that we're, we have to change our ways and accept different things. And if we don't, then we're horrible people. We have people telling us what to believe and, and what not to believe. And it's so 
easy to let these overwhelming things around us to just tear us apart. Or on the other side, it's so easy to let the comparison game of, man, I don't have what that church has if you're a pastor or a leader in a church. Or I'm not, I'm not as successful as my brother or sister. Or I'm not as smart. Or I'm not as well-liked. Or, or I can't seem to, to ever find the right person. I'll never get married. I'll never achieve what mom and dad thought I should. The list can go on and on, right? Like, if I didn't hit a nerve with any of those, I can continue on and I'll hit a nerve with you eventually. Where you have compared yourself to somebody or something else, this is not good enough. It'll never be good enough. I mean, even even the richest person in the world is never satisfied. There's always more. The comparison game destroys us. It keeps us from seeing the good in our life. The comparison game. The overwhelming negativity around us or inside of us even. It keeps us from seeing the good that he's doing. Today I want to encourage you to fix your thoughts on what is good. What is honorable, admirable, right, pure, excellent. But truly, just boil it down. What is good around you? Here's what I want to leave with you today. I want to leave you with a a very applicable challenge for you. Something that can be easily done and applied in your life. Now, whether you want to do it for a long period of time or just try it out for a week, I encourage you to try it for a month. To do a full month, a 31-day challenge, like the fullest month that you possibly can, and try this. Write down three things every day, whether it's on your phone or tablet or on a, a piece of paper, which will end up being many pieces of paper over the course of a month, but write three things down every day. And over the course of the week, what I really, if you want a really good challenge, is write down three different things. Every time, every day, for that week. And then you can reset it again for the second week, the third week, and fourth week. But every day, write down three things that you're grateful for. Three things. Or as my amazing Catholic friends have have called it, your Christ moments. Moments in your life where Christ showed up and it just meant something to you. But three things. And here's what... I've noticed, right? i be the first one to admit, I still struggle with negativity, with dwelling on things that just aren't what I hoped they would be. I've been really struggling with that since, honestly, before COVID even hit. I've been struggling, comparing myself to others or more successful people in my field, or comparing myself to what I have done or what I thought I should do. And it's beat me up and tore me up and left me feeling like I'm incompetent and maybe I shouldn't even be in this role that I'm in. Like, these are the real things that go on inside of people, right? And over the last two weeks, I was encouraged by my small group of men that meet. And we came together and we made out the goal for that week to write down three things that we are grateful for 
every day and change it every day for over that week. Let me tell you, I've done that for two weeks now. And it's been a game changer. Because here's what it does. Instead of at the end of the day, I'm kind of processing and kind of refragmenting my day and just kind of shaking it off. And all right, where am I now? (laughs) And so often what my mind would focus on is all the things that kind of were like, oh, man. That didn't go right, or that didn't go right, or oh, that should have been different, or oh man, that person's not happy with me, and, and on and on, right? And instead, what this is forcing me to do is I'm like, okay, what did go good today? How? How? Wow. God did do stuff. Now, sure, the negative things might have outweighed the, the positives, but what it did was it, it stopped me in my tracks of going down the path of negativity in my wiring, in my psyche, in the trenches that, that my thought life has dug for years and years. It forced me to get out of that trench and go down a different path and focus on the things that are good. And you know what it's doing for me? As crazy as it sounds, I'm 41 years old. And for the first time in my life, I'm feeling like, I'm not going down that negative path anymore. I'm starting to go down a good path. I'm breaking past this negativity. Now, I'm not perfect, and I've got a long ways to go in my daily life, but it's starting to form a little path, and that path will get a little deeper. And Pretty soon, I believe I'm going to have a trench of positivity, looking through the world in a lens of hope, of belief in both people, myself, and God. Ultimately, the abundant life, fixing our thoughts on what is good, true, and all the way down to praiseworthy, all of that comes when we fix our thoughts on God and being thankful and grateful for what we have. So I challenge you to do that this week right down that list. See what God does. Keep doing it. Don't stop at day seven. Keep going. I would love to hear some testimonies of what has happened in your life because you have started that path. And maybe you've done this in your life and it has radically changed. I I would love it if you would reach out and share your testimony because the power of transform lives radically changes i'm so excited to see what this is going to do for my life three four months from now when that trench is a little deeper i want to pray for you father i pray for every person listening god i know that you have an abundant life waiting for those who are listening today We are surrounded by negativity, overwhelming amounts of negativity, of saying how the world is a horrible place and there's nobody good and there's all this disgusting, horrible, terrible things that are going on in our world. And then we have our own issues inside of us that compare to others and and we feel like we're not good enough and and everything under the sun. All the things that we we make excuses for that, that have caused us to be where we're at. And we feel depleted. We feel... Hopeless. God, I pray that every single person listening will take to this challenge and start writing down three things every day that they are thankful or grateful for. That they will learn to turn their 
their minds off from the negativity and turn them on to what is good, what is true, what is right, what is pure, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. God, I pray you would send your Holy Spirit now to empower them to do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family online for tuning in today. I encourage you to go to nexuschurchmn.com and find all the ways that you can connect to us there. We'll catch you again real soon.